Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Psalm 57, 5. This is Esther Crown Ministries, the miracle and teaching ministry of Jesus Christ. Listen now to Apostle Tanya as she teaches from the Word of God. Visit us at www.apostletanya.org. Welcome to Holy Podcast. This is Apostle Tanya, and today I am most honored to thy blessed Lord to introduce to you Elder Amber Lines, CEO and founder of From Pain to Purpose in the Atlanta, Georgia area. I am most blessed for today's show to discuss a most important topic, wherefore is dear to the heart of the beloved Lord Jesus, and also to my own, healing from domestic violence. Elder Amber has served battered women and children for many years. And I am sure we are going to be most blessed as we uh, listen to her and, and hear from her and glean from her as she began to share uh, how she is serving uh, the women and, and children in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Welcome to Holy Podcast, Elder Amber. Thank you so very much, Apostle. Thank you for having me this morning. I'm grateful to be here. It is my honor to be able to share today. I am most excited for you. I'm honored that you are my guest today and that we are have the opportunity to fellowship today. Uh, let us begin, will, um, shall we? Elder Amber, would you kindly share about your call to serve battered women and children? Well, um, my call came many, many years ago. Um, I've been living in Atlanta for 10 years now, as of this past July, it made 10 years since I transitioned here from Brooklyn, New York, which is where I met Apostle. So yes. <laughs> Um, um, we actually met at a domestic violence meeting. Yes, we did. And um, you were a part of the first domestic violence awareness day that yes. I organized in the church at New Life Cathedral um, back in Brooklyn, New York, back in 20. It was. Yes, Pastor Lois yes. was my dear sister. Uh huh. <laughs> Yes, and yes, she invited and, uh, me to speak during that time. Yes, and I'm grateful to God. Um, Pastor Lois has gone on to be with the Lord yes. since that time, and we miss her dearly. Yes. Um, but the connection, I'm grateful that we were able to even get reconnected again and to be able to continue ministry for domestic violence victims, women, and children. And um, the call came so many years ago after I came out of a very dark, you know, past and relationship where um, it was, you know, abusive and it was in a relationship where it was just unhealthy, toxic. And uh, after living it for so many years, 
being married and not wanting to be divorced. Um, you want to believe God for deliverance and, 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 and um, for God to be able to, you know, mend that, that, that relationship so that it's healthy and that your children can have a, a, a healthy environment to grow up in. Because children who grow up in domestic violence um, homes, whether, and people think that we know people think domestic violence is just somebody beating you up all day. But domestic violence, and we'll get into that, is so much more than that. You can beat some up, someone up with your words all day long. We know that the scripture tells us that the words of life and death uh, lie within the tongue. And so we have to be able to understand if you're not seeing somebody with a black eye or someone almost killed or someone, you know, walking around, ending up in a hospital, people think that it's not domestic violence. But I had to come to learn, you know, it's beneath your privilege, you know, it's not healthy, but I had to come to be acquainted with the fact that my home was a home that was referred to by the, uh, uh, the, the, the higher auspices of New York City as a domestic violence environment. So after going through the New York City Family Justice Center as a client there that's under the auspices of the New York City Mayor's Office to Combat Domestic Violence, after getting counseling and services and so much um, from that organization, I became one of their, um, I became um, a volunteer. I wanted to just give back. Uh, we got counseling. I was in counseling for a year and a half, and I stayed in counseling with my son for three years. And um, we just continue to um, uh, work with the New York City Family Justice Center as a volunteer just to give back. And they saw in me uh, something special. They said one of their most successful clients at that time. And they sent me to advocacy school, not school, but advocacy training for four days in San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas, with all branches of the community that deal with domestic violence. I'm talking law, medical, you know, um, um, uh, advocacy, uh, educational-wise, every branch of a government uh, was there. And we were there for four days training as advocates and sharing information. And that's where From Pain to Purpose was actually actually birthed and I've been running with that ever since. Amen. Amen. I did not know all of your background. I did not know that. I knew that it was the ministry was birthed through an experience. A testimony came 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 forth from um of course you had your testimony and it was the ministry came forth in prayer and testimony but i did not know the depth of the training that thy lord allowed you to partake in to uh really birth out pain birth out this uh, uh organization and so it is uh most delightful to hear how he ordered your steps he ordered your steps for his glory Amen. You know, a lot of people don't know the story. A lot of people may think that they know because they knew me at that time, but I wasn't running around talking about my business to everybody. As a matter of fact, I think you would know this, um, Apostle, that domestic violence victims don't go, don't go around. No. Not from the... I'm a, I'm a domestic violence victim. <laughs> well, then, w- most times while we are in it, you wear a garment of shame. It is a, it's now. great shame 
uh, not until thy uh, until thy Lord delivers. We need deliverance, and uh, not until thy Lord delivers you from the from the assault, from the barter, from being bartered, from being abused, and from the shame that sometimes we oftentimes experience in our communities and our churches. Not until we have that deliverance from the Master can we begin to speak freely. Um, because whom the sun sets free is free indeed, can we really become free and releasing the testimony within us? And so it is not something that we would like to walk around with a badge on saying, I am a victim of that. Um, I've always been very private until I was pulled in the front to talk about anything. I'm I'll talk about it. I used to talk about it with my friends, my sister friends. I don't share anything any longer, but um, years ago, I would talk things over with my sister friends, and that that helped me. But personally, I don't share at all. I'm, you know, Thy Lord has caused me to be very private, and I know for you that kind of d- discretion can also become a wound in it you know we can we can keep things so quiet our pain so quiet that those things can become wounds in our soul uh we need some place to release that how did you release it in your personal experience outside of that did, was there an experience and a season of prayer is what i think i am I'm led by thy Lord to ask, was there prayer? Also, we heard about the advocacy and training that thy Lord set you on a path for, but was there also prayer? Because we need to release, and mine is in prayer only. (laughs) Definitely in prayer. I did a lot of, I'm be honest with you, crying. Um, That release um, came through um, the purging of the pain that I was in. I walked around for many years and still with so much pain. I felt like the woman had had the issue of blood, like I was literally dying. Like the life was like leaving out of me, but I still had to be a strong woman. I still had to be a woman that uh, had a strong face on the outside. And really that's what people saw. So I wasn't running around talking about it. I wasn't running around. I I wasn't even sharing it with my family many many years they were shocked because they didn't know the depth of what was going on and um poetry began to become once i entered into that space of realizing that this was something that i had to transition out of and transition because it was so many years i was married for almost 20 years and there there were several separations um during that time but you know just believing god to keep your your home together keep returning and we know that a lot of times domestic violence victims return up to seven times before they actually leave for good yes but um, the, the 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 healing process, the release for me came. I began to write poetry as well, and that began to help me do. It was a cathartic tool to help me, and that's why I use the arts a lot with the work with that the I youth. do. The, the healing pain through the arts um, is our youth program under From Pain to Purpose, which is our my nonprofit organization that you already mentioned, and that healing pain through the arts cathartic tool of using the arts to help heal pain 
came through not only my journey, but watching my son use his music to help heal his pain and to help inspire other people through telling your story through his music. So that was birthed to be able to give youth an opportunity. And it doesn't have to be domestic violence. It could be any pain, anything that they're dealing with in society. We create collaborative platforms for them to be able to tell their story or just talk about what it is that's affecting them in society today. So um, that, that, that I would say prayer definitely was one. And faith, can I tell you that it was nothing but the, the faith, believing God to just continue to move forward to a place of healing. Yeah, because there were times Amen. when there was there was dark times where you was like, <laughs> you know, is this ever? You know, am I ever going to be happy? Am I ever going to have a, you know, you, and you can see the scars that your children are sustaining, and and I don't mean necessarily physical scars. I mean the scars on their spirit, on their heart, on their, their souls, in the soul. The, yeah. the wounds are in the soul from being battered. Yeah, even hearing it. Every time we hear negative words, uh, those words are in our soul. Uh, we have to even be very sensitive to keep an environment, uh, a very peaceful, loving, holy environment. Because each time a child enters in the room, if he enters into a room of hostility and anger and bitter words, those words are entered into his soul. And those things go undetected and they have troubles in schools and um, there is so much teaching on this that we can go go into it at another time but domestic violence and the effect that it has on children and, and not only on the women and sometimes men are also abused the the, 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 the abuse is so uh, catastrophic to the to the soul that complete wholeness does not come until you begin to um, attack it in prayer and and also of course use uh, arts as a form of therapy and I think that one of the reasons why thy Lord used you for that because I have experienced that writing is therapeutic and thy Lord is an artist he's given us all this look how he he decorates the earth for us every morning with clouds and sky the sky the cloud the trees the landscape that we are we arise to every morning to give him thanks and so I think that in that he gave you that download of heaven of uh, this is how you're going to help heal the youth that are also in your community facing troubled times, uh, 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 bullies, uh, many things going on, you know, breakups, they go through teens, go through breakups. And, and so the arts is a gift from thy Lord for us to use. And I encourage our listeners to think about helping the youth and getting involved with the youth more in arts, because that is their language. That's their love language. Art to music. Yeah. Art to music. Yeah. And you know that the enemy has perverted that industry right. and has made it to become something that is uh, uh, very derogatory towards women, um, not nice when it comes to how they are portrayed a lot of times. And that, 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 
spills over into the relationships that you were speaking about. A lot of times you see very volatile relationships between young men and young women where they're using profanity to talk to one another and call one another outside of their names. And those are the beginning stages of an of abusive relationship. Like you have to teach them to value themselves. You are worth more than someone's speaking to you in that nature and calling you outside of your name because when they begin to um, use that type of behavior uh, patterns, the next thing you know, it's hands-on. And the next thing you know, it's isolation. And it just begins to become that cycle that repeats itself and that grows greater and greater. And we know that domestic violence is a generational curse. If you see it, you can see people who have come down through that 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 family lineage where the mother was abused and now the daughter's abused and we have to rebuke that and take authority over that and say no longer in our generational line will the enemy be able to take our young men and women because like you said men are abused as well one in seven men are victims of domestic violence abuse and one in four women so and um we have to be able to understand that this is something that is very 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 serious and that we cannot blink as the body of christ we cannot blink our eyes at domestic violence and i'm so glad that today in 2022 2020 2021 2022 we're seeing churches even have domestic violence some of them have a domestic violence ministries where they're ministering to people in that area it's something that it's a shameful thing, like you said before. We walk with that shame, that hidden face where we don't want people to see what it is we're going through. But for the grace of God, we are trying to uh, be um, a, a vehicle of healing and having people to be able to transition from a place of pain to be able to walk into that purpose that God has for them. And uh, we just have to be able to understand the foundational scripture for from pain to purpose is in Revelations. 21, 4 through 5a, where it says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold. I make all things new. Hallelujah. That is the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. So we can go from being victims to survivors yes. to what? Survivors. Survivors. Yes. Yes. actually killing other people out of that dark place. Yes. Because God gave domestic violence to me like this. It's three stages. It's the dark where you cannot see your way. Where a lot of bad decisions are made on your part, you know, where sometimes you don't have the understanding, you don't have the tools nor the resources. And then there's that twilight, that gray area where you're merging into maybe getting some help. You've told someone your story and now you are elevated a little bit, but you're still in that light. You've come down from that laid out dark place to now you're up on your hands and knees where you sometimes you can move forward a little bit. You might take three steps forward and two back, but celebrate that one step. And then as you get built up and get resources and have a support system, you can come into what's called the light, where you're able to lift up your hands and be able to become healed from the past and not look at the abuser as who um, someone that 
you know, look at them with that with that scarred eye. You can look at them through a healed eye and say, I forgive you. But that only comes through healing. And then you're able to reach out if God calls you to and minister to others. Because everyone that goes through domestic violence is not going to champion the cause. Some people are still really, their lives are still in jeopardy. So they're not in the forefront and stuff. And my story, like you said, my story, I really haven't been out there with my story, I've been focusing on the work. My story hasn't been the platform. But do you know that of late, of like this past year or so, God has been calling me to tell my story? Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. We have to be patient, you know, unto the Lord. We have to be patient. He has his timing on all of those things. We have to be patient. Elder Amen. Amber, how might your your ministry minister to a sister in the Lord who is a victim of domestic violence? How might you be used by thy Lord to minister for someone that is looking for ministry? Would you be able to answer her today? Um, definitely. Uh, first of all, there's various degrees of what people need. Uh, um, some people need shelter, and before they can. Um, be able to hear what you have to say about God. They need to be in a safe space. So sometimes you might have to create a safety plan. You have to assess what the situation is, how grave the danger is. You have to be able to tap into some of the resources that you may have because no one local small organization will have everything. We tap into larger organizations, people who we partner with and work with to be able to provide things like that for victims. But as a ministry, to pour into them is to first of all get them to understand that they are not the problem. It is not their fault that they are being abused. And a lot of times that is what the the, the, the abuser will use as a battering ram, as a, as, a, as a weapon against someone to make them look what you made me do, make them feel like, and, it, and you know, if someone knows about, oh, I, I did this. No, you, you may not, okay, be the person who is um, uh, 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 actually doing the abuse, but you're actually not the blame either. We have to come to the understanding that the person who is abusing has the issue and we cannot fix them. So what we have to do is begin to fix ourselves. Understand that we are worthy, that God created us. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we created in his image and his likeness. He did not create us to be abused. Love is not abuse. So I will minister to them to get them to see the value in who they are and that they have purpose. A lot of people can't see that they have something greater than what their pain, their present and current pain is. So we have to get them to a place of being, uh, uh, having a, a safe space, being able to know that they um can, they have people that care about them and that people that will support them. And a lot of times that may not be family. It may be someone that, uh, an advocate that will walk by your side because sometimes family be like, oh, she done went back to him. God knows how many times I'm not, I'm tired of this. But I will even tell that that person, that family member, don't grow weary. Walk alongside them because right now they're in that, they may be in that dark space 
or they may be in that twilight space where they're taking three steps forward and two back. But guess what? Help them celebrate that one so that they can know that they have value, so that they can know that they deserve more than what they are dealing with right now. So I would minister from that position, getting them, assessing where they are, what it is that they need, and begin to minister to them with this resources, begin to minister to them to their value, and get them into a position of being able to receive healing. That will take counseling, that will take other resources, and things of that nature. Amen. It's a process. Amen. It's a process. Yes, it is. <laughs> Amen. Well, that was very, very helpful. Um guidance for those sisters that are listening the brothers that are listening and um what would you also i want to ask you would you offer helpful resources for believers and those who may be listening who are in a domestic crisis resources yes helpful resources for believers uh any resources that they could uh, really put their hands on, books, materials, and also a telephone number where I, I, I want, I would like to uh, release the National Domestic Violence telephone number. <clears throat> it is a, uh, <clears throat> it's important if someone's in a crisis, even listening to this now, that they know that they can uh, get the help that they need right away. Yes, um, a lot of times um, in regards to domestic violence, I would say, uh, first of all, the domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233, which is 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. So that is the domestic violence, national domestic violence hotline. That number is available 24-7. You have local agencies within every city that are domestic violence uh, resources for domestic violence victims. Spiritually, I would say a lot of times, it's unfortunate, but a lot of times ecclesiastical leadership are not equipped to handle domestic violence victims. And it's something that we as a body of Christ have to take on the responsibility to Amen. be able to be accountable to those who are in our houses of worship. Amen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, it, if it's uh, whatever your house of worship is. You need to be able to minister. Not to say that you're going to be able to give that professional counseling that a professional counselor would in that area, but you need to be able to take a class maybe. As an ecclesiastical leadership, I was trying to actually set my church up as a domestic violence hub for training of ecclesiastical leadership before I transitioned down here, but there was really, at that time, no one to turn that over into. So um, uh, that is something that is very important. Ecclesiastical leadership pastors, those that run the house of God, they need to be able to be, you gotta be like Jesus and be able to be touched with the feelings of their infirmities because we're human. People who lead churches are human. And a lot of times, if they don't have that experience, no longer can we just say stay and pray. You've got to be able to tap in. And if you don't have the resources, connect them with someone who does. we got to take that extra step as spiritual uh, caregivers for these people who are going through these situations because they are 
so real. But at the same time, a pastor will get weary if they're giving you the resources, if they're helping you, and you keep going back to that situation. So patience, like you said, we have to have patience. That is a big deal. That is a, a huge part of, of a success story for any any uh, of domestic violence victim. We have to have patience. And as servants, as servants, as servants, yes. we have to have patience. We have to ask for the grace to serve those victims. We cannot yes. do those things on our own. It is Christ who strengtheneth, strengtheneth us. And so we must yes. ask thy Lord for the grace to serve those that are in, that have, that are in leadership and that have, um, and are stewarding, uh, thy Lord's uh, ministries, they have to have their hearts open to also house a domestic violence ministry because it is in the church. And so we yeah. also have to serve those victims as we, as we serve those who are um, sick and infirm and, and, and diseases. Uh, a lot of women lose their life. I served uh, many years ago, about 10 years ago, I always say many, but 10 years ago, about a decade or a little, yeah, about uh, 12 or 13 years ago, I served a woman who lost her sister to, um, I, I, I served many women, but one particular woman was very dear to me and her sister was murdered. And I believe her sister had four or five children, young children. And so she had already four and then she had those five and it, it put a very strain, of course, on the family. And yeah. it is they, they they grieved for a very long time for her sister to be murdered the way she was. And I also knew of another woman who um, the, the boyfriend came into. And these are just two stories. And these women, they came from families who pray. They came from, uh, they're our sisters. And one of the sisters uh, was working at a cellular phone place in Maryland. And the man came in there and burnt her, you know, set her afire. And while she was at work, the families go through so much. So we cannot turn our turn the other cheek and say that is not our problem. It is our problem. It is our, it is, we're a family. When one hurts, we all hurt. And so we must continue the work in serving um, women and men who are, taking care of children that have lost their mother or father. We must continue to make family um, a big a, a ministry and not ignore the family unit. Amen. Amen, Apostle. I had a slogan with the young people many years ago. I actually have a video of them saying this motto, what affects, what affects the home, affects the community, your businesses and your schools. So what goes on in the home spills out into the community, your businesses and the schools. You have so many. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we know that this was a time of what they called a perfect storm for domestic violence victims because they were isolated with their abusers. 
didn't oh, have dear. that opportunity to be able to get to family and to just get that little release of time of not having to be uh, uh, maybe they were going to work and now they were working from home sheltering in place and all of that so it became what was called and this is all over the world a perfect storm where now the abuse has become so much greater and when it comes to youth the mental health capacity has risen to about 34, between 31-35% of an increase where teens were visiting uh, emergency rooms due to mental health breakdowns and mental health issues because of what was going on in the home um, during the time of the COVID-19 pandemic. So this thing is so real. It is so um, widespread. And um, what our prayer is that God will awaken us as a community to be able to see the need to be able to no you may not champion it but first of all you have to be able to believe people when they tell you what they're going through and a lot of times people don't even believe a victim yes. and they begin to blame the victim that's called re-victimization yeah. you cannot re-victimize yes. I'm already, and I had to explain that to people many, many years ago, and share literature with them to get them to understand the gravity of what you do when you re-victimize a victim. Amen. You just throw the lot of the way. Amen. <sighs> but there is hope. Yes, it is. God, Jesus it Christ, Jesus. Yeshua is our hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeshua yeah. is our hope. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I Amen. want to continue, and I know that we will invite you back on uh, when thy Lord leads me to invite guests again. Um, because this is just the beginning. This is just the surface. And so we want to continue with this most important topic. Um, I want to thank you, Elder Amber, again for the honor to fellowship with you and exalt our blessed Lord Jesus together. Would you please share what is the best way for our listeners to reach you? Um, You can actually reach me through um, our website, www.fompain2purpose www.fompaintopurpose.net So um, you can reach us through there or you can reach me through Linktree um, forward slash A-Lyons A-L-Y-O-N-S 63 So it's Linktree um, forward slash A-L-Y-O-N-S 63 That you can reach all of my social media You can contact me on via candle can Candidly and actually set up a, a, a free um, re, uh, consultation. You can reach all of my social media platforms uh, through that link tree um, uh, link. Um, yeah, so I am honored to be here with you, Apostle Tanya. This has been such a blessing. Thank you so much for having me. And I pray that something that was said, um, whether you're going through mental, physical, abuse, mental abuse, psychological abuse, verbal abuse, financial abuse, sexual abuse, spiritual abuse, no matter what the abuse is that you're going through, 
we want you to know that God is a deliverer and he is a healer. Know that you are valued. Know that God created you in his image and in his likeness. And he did not create you to be an, uh, an abused person, but he created you for a purpose. So we pray that God will Send someone in your path to be able to be a blessing to you, to support you, to let you know that you are not alone, to let you know that you have, that you, to connect you with resources, because we always don't have the answers, but if someone gives you a pamphlet, you can take that and give that to someone who you may need it, no may need it. So my prayer is that God will eradicate, eradicate. We deal with intervention and prevention, but we, we, we prefer to have prevention of domestic violence and teen dating violence. Those are the areas as well in youth advocacy. So thank you so much, Dr. Tanya, for this time. I'm, excuse me, Apostle Tanya. <laughs> I, I used to be, I used to, I don't use doctor any longer, <laughs> but it's fine. Okay. It's still there. <laughs> I'm in the spirit on the lowest day. Yeah, see, that, you're telling my secrets. Oh, no, I actually, I actually think it's on my Instagram handle. I know that it is. I have to use it sometimes. Oh, okay. I would actually just prefer Tanya. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. I, I, to be here. Amen. Dear ones, if you are in an urgent situation, I want to encourage you to seek help with your local organizations and authorities for your protection also. Elder Amber provided the uh, 1-800 number. Uh, please ensure, play it back. I don't know it offhand anymore. I used to know all of this before, but thy Lord called me into full-time ministry to serve the body. But make sure that you uh, contact, if, it's, if you're in a current urgent situation, you have that telephone number available. Contact your local authorities, organizations. Elder Amber has given her information. I want to also say to you, Esther Crown Ministries is here to pray for you. You may contact the ministry at 314-900-7082 or send your prayer request via email at prayer at estercrownministries.org. We are here to serve you. This was a very special ministry that thy Lord gave me several years ago before he called me and ordained me into ministry. And so my heart is still with Jesus in it. And we are here to serve you. And Elder Amber is... Uh, provided her social media information and you can also set up a meeting with her via calendar and so we thank you elder amber again for your time today we thank you for the blessed fellowship i look forward to seeing you again soon uh, thank you for continuing to serve the women and children in in atlanta georgia and throughout the country I cease not to give a thanks to thy Lord for you and make mention of you in my prayers. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.